G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds podcast. Round two has come and gone and I am Dog, joined by Patch. How are you? Oh, Lek, I'm good. I'm up and about. It is the most exciting round of Supercoach for the year because it's round three. The prices are about to change. We get to fix all of the terrible, terrible mistakes we've made. You've got free license to use as many trades as you can this week and I love it. How are you? Oh, it's a guilt-free week where you can trade in Tex Walker and not worry about it. Oh, yeah, forget the small We'll talk, talk about it, him later. Oh, we'll talk oh, about it. Oh, but I want to do it now, Lek. I want to do it now. We got to welcome Damo before we do, because Damo's joining us all the way from Perth, you beautiful human host or co-host of the Jock Mailbag podcast. How are you, Damo? I'm good. I'm good. Doc has won, so I'm set for the weekend. Uh, we're very envious of you, Patch and I. Yes, let's not mention the war. <laughs> let's not. All right, gentlemen. Uh, thank you to Telebeats for the music, of course, that you beautiful people at home have heard. Shout out to, uh, let's shout out to Punt Life. Go to Punt Life and check out their Jock Reynolds shirts. Uh, you'll also start to see some new graphics floating in, which are pretty cool as well. So, yeah, go and check them out. I'll put links in the description and all that and buy yourself a shirt. A long sleeve shirt, of course, Patch. Of course, of course. All right, round two happened, gentlemen. Were you happy with how your team went? I don't. I know we're not the podcast that talks about how our teams went, but we need to get to the point where you ask me how I went. So how did you go, Patch? Fine. How did you go, Lek Dog? I did okay. I managed okay. to... Okay, just tell us the number. Tell us the rank you're at. Just spill that bean. I have managed to... Man- In fact, I gained 69 nice, nice. total rank positions. Uh, I've moved to 358th, which, which if you're a long-time follower of the podcast, you know is a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal, but... Uh, Normally, there's an extra two or three digits there. It won't last. I have faith. No, God, no. I have faith. Damo, how, how are you going? How's your side... Is it you you're up in that, that three-digit? No, I'm five digits, but only just five digits. Okay. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and some people are just burning all their calories early and they're going to fall over any minute now. And uh, when he does, we'll be just walking past him and just laying errant kick into the ribs as we do. Um, well, I think we can talk about all the ways I am going to burn myself later on. But to start, I think the most logical thing to do is talk cash generation, talk rookies. This is the week where rookies who have played, or anyone who's played two games uh, going to their third, will start to have price changes, Patch. And the most important thing we can do for this week is start to, well, fix our terrible decisions and start to ensure that we've got our cash generation working for us. Yes, it doesn't matter how bad all your premiums are going. If you don't have the right rookies, they're the priority this week. you gotta, you just got to get them right because you don't have that cash generation. You're not going to fix anything else. So you've, uh, you've just got to focus on that and everything else doesn't matter. Um, if you've nailed all the rookies, then you can have fun and, and muck around. But... Uh, yeah, Damo, you, there are a few that we are we absolutely need to have in our side. 
Oh yeah. Um, if you start in defense, you need the likes of your Tom Highmore. I mean, there's not a lot of defensive rookies that are must haves, but the ones that did show up, it looks like Tom Highmore is the one you need on your field. And then in your midfield, you've got the likes of Tom Powell, who seems to be getting more comfortable by the week, even though his scoring isn't as free flowing as some of the other rookies. And you've got Sam Berry who will score points just of his tackle numbers alone. And then you've got the man who's going after my heart in Errol Golden as well, who's just, he's scoring better than some of our premiums. And to be honest, I think he's the highest averaging player in Supercoach at the moment. He's he's better than Matt Rowell. He's better than Matt Rowell. I've said it. He's break even, negative 206. What he's, does that mean? That means if he scores decently, he's going to gain about 150K I mean, if, in one week. If he scores negative 200, he gains money. He still makes cash. <laughs> like he's projected to go up $150,000 this week. You don't have... He's little... averaging 138. It's insane. It's just... And he's not in 100% of teams. He's the most selected player, and rightfully so. But if you're one of the, what, 32, 31% of teams that don't have him, what are you doing? Just get him in. Get him straight in. Get him in. Get him on your field. He might, even if he spuds it up next week, it doesn't matter at this point. You're back in the guy averaging 138. Captain him. <laughs> like, Sydney are looking good. I mean, they do have Richmond this week, so he probably wouldn't, but like... I mean, when do they play? Is it a loophole situation? Uh, Saturday, first game on Saturday. You could loophole him. You could, you could legitimately you could loophole him. Max Gorn's on the on the Sunday. So anyway, Gordon into Gorn. Oof, the dream team. The dream team. Gouldy, Gordon. I don't, Damo, other rookies. James Jordan is one. Do we need to have James Jordan break even of negative eighty seven, averaging sort of eighty ish? I like James Jordan. Um, I currently don't have a way to bring him into my team, given the, the other things that I need to do around injuries and all that. But I think James Jordan is a good option. Uh, and then in the forward line, you've also got Braden Campbell and Chad Warner as well. And James Rowe, I think he's still a must have even though most people would have him and despite his 19 on the weekend um his break even doesn't rise too far out of reach if he can maintain a 60 average up until round 12 where he reaches his peak of about 310k yeah tyler i think we've got to remember that we've been very blessed with rookies over the last few years we've had Sam Walsh and matt rail and errol goulden who's played two very good games who have scored very highly but the supercoaches for old patch will remember the glory days of fielding rookies that score 19, 20 to 25 points and, and being reasonably happy with that. So James yeah. Rowe is a throwback. We know he's got a high ceiling, but he, you have to have him. Yeah. Oh, he's and exactly. He's uh, he's going to play pretty much every week. He probably won't get dropped from that Adelaide side. Tyler Brockman, another one. Unlikely to be the sub, just as a small forward, a high-impact player. Um, probably less likely, like if he doesn't have the time to come in and, and adjust, then... I don't think he can really play the role Hawthorne want him to, so I think he's a really safe bet and will average 50, but he scored 77 on the weekend, and those those games dotted here and there will be enough to just rise his price. Be nice and comfortable. I think you've got to have him. When you get towards, you know, your, your Tom Fullertons and Harry Jones, um, maybe less less vital to bring them in, uh, considering Harry Jones is a very Tom Bellchambers-esque five-point game on the weekend. 
what are we looking to do with Jones? If you've got him on your F8 position or whatever it is, he's scored five. Is he someone that we need to maybe correct into another rookie or do we just not have enough of those forward options to trade him? Um, I think he'll play. I don't know if he's worth correcting too. I don't think there are too many around that price in the forward line. Like Chad Warner at 144k, if you've got 20k around, he'd be a good option. Tom McDonald, uh, Logan McDonald rather, not Tom McDonald, definitely not Tom McDonald. Um, Logan McDonald's had a, an 88 and a 68, um, has looked really good for Sydney, could be one you could look at, but 193k, a bit more expensive, but he's one to consider. Um, we'll have a very good run at it for Sydney, but I, I'll probably keep Harry Jones. He'll play every game for Essendon. He'll score a 60 at some stage, maybe, when our forwards can do any... Hang on, I just need a moment just to remember that Essendon's terrible and it's going to be... Anyway, anyway, Jones is... He'll <laughs> score points at some stage, I'm sure of it. Uh... And besides the point, what do you mean definitely not Tom McDonald? He's averaging 90. Key forwards, baby. Are they back? I mean, he's 323k, so he's in the mid-price section. We're, we're not at that stage yet, Damo. We're at the rookies. I'm, I'm just trying not to get ahead of ourselves here. Um, he's, I don't, him, him averaging so, 90 is uncomfortable, to be honest with you. We're going to get uncomfortable talking about forwards very soon, oh, gentlemen. Yes. Very soon. I just want to throw this one out there. I'm, I'm in a position where I have Jones from Essendon. I don't have Miles Bergman or Bergman or however you say his name. He's clearly the better supercoach prospect, but is the job security of Jones worth more than the scoring potential of Bergman, who, you know, let's be real, is on the very fringes of that Port Adelaide team? Personally, yes. I'd be keeping Jones. I wouldn't be trading Jones to Bergman. Damo, you have an opinion for people in my position? Uh, I would rate job security over scoring potential. Um for most of my rookies, you're allowed to have some rookies that have the scoring potential with little to no job security. I think, yeah, I think job security, particularly when we do have a range of rookies in our teams that are actually scoring, I think having your F8 position is not too bad. It's like when uh, Nathan, was it Nathan Brown, went to St. Kilda a few years ago and I sat him on the pine for 23 rounds in defense and he came on like, it was like round 22. I had six people injured and he came on and <laughs> performed. So it's okay to have those guys uh, on your team. Obviously, they're just not huge cash injectors. Are we worried about guys like Anthony S- Scott and uh, and McNeil from the Bulldogs? Bulldogs are obviously on fire, but are we worried about these guys' job security? I'm not worried about their job security because Luke Beveridge was a fan of them really a long way out before he saw their exposed form at AFL level. And West Coast aren't an easy team to score against, especially off that halfback flank that Anthony Scott is is playing on. And Jason Johannesson is there and he was the sub today that and he didn't get activated. So there might be uh, that issue that arises soon. But to be honest, I think Scott has the better job security out of the two of them. McNeil... Um, is going to be fighting with uh, the likes of Mitch Hannon when he comes back. Guys, I've got one more uh, rookie dilemma I want to dissect before we move on here. Let's say I'm a coach who didn't pay attention to the rookie selections preseason. I've still got uh, – Tra- is his name Josh? Josh Tracy 
at my FR3 position, Damo, which one of these Ruckman am I targeting? Am I targeting Matt Flynn? Am I targeting Lloyd Meek? Am I targeting Hunter? I'm assuming we're not targeting Hunter no, at 102K, who's definitely barely not. put up any scores. But how do I split Meek and Flynn if I'm a coach without those two players? So you want to trade uh, Tracy to one of Meek or Flynn? Yeah, let's say I I didn't I had I was using him as a loophole. I've now decided, hey, I need to get some of this cash in. Which one of these blokes am I targeting? I'm going to go outside of that and say um, I would actually look at your forward rookies. Maybe you got a Harrison Jones, and I would probably trade Harrison Jones that's to of Matthew Flynn and move Tracy to your forward line because Tracy or Tracy. I think his actual his name is actually said Tracy because I think that's how long you were said it once. But um, I would move Tracy to your forward line because he looks like he's going to come straight into the Dockers side for n- next week. And of Flynn or Meek, which one do you prefer? Flynn obviously break even of negative one hundred and forty five, huge scoring opportunity there. Matthew, I'd go for Matthew Flynn. I think he's got the better job security. He does seem to go off every game with some sort of niggle, but comes back onto the field and plays it out. So I think he's just going to be one of those Ruckman that is taped up by the end of the game, every game. And just on that, you said Tracy's going to play potentially as soon as next week. Do we pull the pin now and trade Jones anyway? Even if we've got Flynn or Meek on our bench, do we? if we've got uh, Jones, do we trade him down to Tracy in our forward line now? No, the he, he, play, he plays for Fremantle. He'll be injured in three minutes of getting on the field. He's a wait and see. He's currently our only fit player by the looks of it. So basically, but I mean, the the rule of thumb is you always wait on them because yeah, wait until he's actually named. Wait until he's named. Wait until he's played a few games. We've had a cider of him, and to make sure he doesn't get injured or doesn't get suspended or something weird happens. These days, now that the money is starting to move, you can wait until they're on the bubble before you move them, and you can make that little bit of extra cash. Yep, agreed. All right, gentlemen. I think we've talked plenty of rookies. Patch, let's talk mid-prices and let's talk... It's Tex Walker time! It's Tex Walker time! Oh, baby. I'm... Oh, dear. I have a note here from uh, Staddy Matty that says, please don't trade in Taylor Walker and ruin him. It's too late. I've already traded him in. He's the number one ranked player this year. Yep. He's averaging 145. 289 points for the season. Now, cautionary tale, long-time listeners of the podcast will know that Lech Dog and I have a long and storied history with Taylor Walker in that once he had done, he's done this before, he has come out and had a two-game stretch where he's averaged 140-odd. He was, you know, about where he's at now. He's at 300K. He was about that price. Lech Dog and I both jumped on and traded him in, and he had a dream run coming up like he does now. He The next couple of weeks, he has just played, you know. Gold Coast, North, Fremantle. Yeah, Hawthorne, potentially GWS. average 140 from here on out. But we thought that last time we brought him in and he averaged 40. And neither of us could get rid of him for the rest of the season. Was stuck at F5 or F6 um, and averaged like 45 for the rest of the year. Um, so cautionary tale, I'm ignoring it. But <laughs> Are I, you jumping on? I, I will reassess when I'm slightly more uh, clear-headed later on in the week. But he's currently in my side. And... Uh, as we say on the Jock Reynolds podcast, do as we say, do not do as we do. 
Well, I'm biased. Damo, you don't seem to have any ties to Taylor Walker. The break-even of negative 114, an average of 145 over the first two games. Hashtag, the key forwards are back. Is Taylor Walker a legitimate option, or is it just a trap? If you're getting him in purely for cash generation, I think he's a definite option. Um, people with the Jai Caldwell who didn't want to use a second trade to get someone decent might find that he's probably the best option at this stage. Um, but he's not coming into my side anytime soon. Yeah, I think I'm avoiding... It's It's an interesting one. Obviously, I'll just touch on the injuries that occurred this week that will affect people. Caldwell will be out for an extended period of time. Dylan Shield, Nat Fife looks like he's going to miss at least the Carlton game, Damo. He might not miss at all. What's the rules with the concussion these days? Doesn't well, he, have to... he, he was, out he, was he, he was subbed out, but the words from Longview after the game was that he passed the concussion test in the rooms after the game. Right, so he might he might not have actually been concussed, or it sounds like he wasn't concussed. Yeah. All right, so we might not have panic stations because because you, you have to sit out for the twenty minutes, and then after the twenty minutes, you take the concussion test. After the twenty minutes, it was something like the twenty second minute of the fourth quarter, so they just decided to sub him out at three quarter time instead because he's not coming back on for five minutes, is he? Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. So five owners might not have to worry there. Jamie Elliott, if you had him as a pod, I know some people did. He's going to be out for a long time, it looks like. The Pico got injured. And Sam, I'm sorry to say this, Patch, but Draper, Draper's out. I know. I know. It's I Just cancel the season, really. Just cancel it. At least if you own Draper, you can choose one of Meek or Flynn to trade down to and be a happy person. Yes, it gives you lots of cash. You could do a lot of things with that. It would probably be for the best. It'd be something you'd be considering if he hadn't been injured. Um, but from a pure, pure football sense, my God, it's a sad day when Sam Draper's ruled out for three months. Very depressing. Butterick and Will Day are the other two that people have selected. So let's talk Caldwell he looked like the best mid-price option this year, particularly in the forward line. We've got some options to trade him to, though, boys. Taylor Walker, we've obviously discussed. I mean, your boy Sam Switkowski is uh, doing pretty well, Damo. Is he someone that is legitimately worth thinking about? He's a small forward. If he scores like this every single week, I will eat something uh-huh. that is not supposed to be edible. Ed- <laughs> supposed to be ed- ed- that's not supposed to be edible because... To be honest, the Dockers missed him in 2020, but I don't see him scoring this way throughout every single game. The one player that actually I would have a look at if I were people wanting to move on Caldwell without using an extra trade um, is Tom Atkins. Ooh, Mm. that's not a name I had on my list. 293k, scored 82 against the Crows and 107 against Brisbane. Appears to have moved into a role that uh, where he's coming off the halfback flank for um, Geelong, uh, moving into the midfield for stints. But he looks like he's got that role nailed down and um, it's really his to lose at the moment. He has shown previously as well that he... He's got a reasonable ceiling. I think he scored like a 115 or something in his first year and struggled a little bit last year, but I think a few players did. And obviously that Geelong team was 
was pretty tough one to uh, get into even when he was healthy, but he's an interesting one, Damo. Not not at the top of my list. Why why would you go someone over him, someone like him at 293k over like a Jarman MP at 212? Well, I guess it depends what you want to do with the money that you've got left over. If you want someone who's going to score very similarly to the way you expected Caldwell to, then Tom Atkins is a no-brainer. Um, if you want someone who's going to earn you money, then... Tom Atkins or Taylor Walker is probably the two options there. And then you've also got the likes of Sam Switkowski, as you, as you mentioned, who's going to have a sharp price rise over the next few weeks. Um, and of course, Patch, Jack Zebel is another name that's on that list. Yeah, very much so. He had the 116 in round one and had the 70-odd this week. But as Damo mentioned before, we hit the record button, spent a fair chunk of uh, the third quarter, I think it was, um, not on the field. So, you know, has been has been very, very good, been exactly what you expected. Um, Razia Fantasia excited a few people round one, but he'll be very, very up and down. Um, yeah, I think the the two main choices there are Impy and Zebel for mine, and then Atkins if you, you favour a Smokey, if you want to spend that extra bit of cash. Um, I think... I do have an asterisk on Tom Atkins, though. Uh, Mitch Duncan is due back soon. So is Jeremy Cameron. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield will have to be squeezed in once he's served his suspension. And there is also another Geelong player that has whose name escapes me that is due back soon as well. Uh, did you say Jeremy Cameron? And Sam Menegola is due back very soon. There you go. Um, well, yeah, so obviously. there are a couple of options if we're going to trade down, fellas. Let's say, let's, let's ignore just forward line position. Let's go the mid-price, but on the, the upward trend. There's a few names I'm going to throw out. I'd just love to hear your thoughts on these guys. Zach Butters, Jack Bowes, who's apparently the best defender to have ever played AFL football. Um, Willem Drew, who's a similar price. He's 310K, although he's not lighting the world on fire like like a Butters is. Is this an opportunity to maybe go up from a, uh, a Caldwell to a slightly more expensive player? It is, but I mean, I've always been, you know, in this position, I've always preferred trading down and then building that bank because if you start building that bank, you make your your first upgrade a lot faster. If you've already banked that 100K, 150K, 200K, whatever it is, um, you, you're going to start upgrading your your Braden Campbells into Dustin Martins, you know, a couple of weeks earlier. Um, and I always rather having that cash sitting there. Um, Zach Butters, though, is an option that is good enough that, you know, he's, looking like he's going to be a top six, top eight forward um, and he'd jump up. But I think he'd be the one exception to that rule, which I normally hold to pretty steadfastly around this time of year. Damo, you uh, you started the great butt man, didn't you? Yeah, I did. He was my F1 for the beginning of the season. <laughs> Jeez, that scares the shit out of me. But then he's averaging 131. So, you know, it As, looks like a fantastic move. I wish the I operative started. word there was was. He's now my F2. Who's uh, coming to F1? Uh, Dustin Martin. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I wish I'd picked I'd picked the wrong butt. I went Jordan Butts, not Zach Butts. <laughs> well, Jordan Butts is about $300,000 cheaper. So. Yes, uh, but also scoring a little bit less than Zach <laughs> Slightly Butters, less? Slightly less. I only had the 37 on the weekend compared to Butters. A little bit more than that. I think it's a very valid point, by the way, that you made before, Patch, that this is your opportunity to really get two bites at the cherry. If you have someone like Caldwell, you can downgrade in terms of cash spend. So you can make a hundred grand from trading down to a Jarman Impy or more than a hundred grand. 
but then you also get the added benefit of the next price rise. So that's what I'd be doing. I'd be targeting someone cheaper than Caldwell and looking to uh, to pick someone with a low break even who's been performing pretty well yeah, the old- to this stage. Zach Jeebel Jack, Jack would actually be at the top of my list even though he's not scored quite as well as like a Jarman MP. I just think the role is there for him. Uh, and I think he's he he's someone I really tried to get into my team and ended up going with the Jordan Clark. So I'm, I might be able to do some swings and roundabouts and correct that. But speaking of Jordan Clark and Paddy Dow, they're two guys that are very popular. Patch, are we worried about either one of these players? Yes. Yes, we are. I mean, Damo's list of players still to come back into that Geelong side. Like, I'd, I'm sure I said it at some stage during the preseason that Jordan Clark's job security kind of worries me. Like the scoring potential is there. He's, you know, okay. Like he's okay as a mid-price breakout option, but the fact that he's kind of on the fringe and he hasn't set the world on fire to start with as well has me, if, if I had him, I'd be looking to move him on. And Paddy Dow, I mean, you don't need me to talk about Paddy Dow, like, because you have thoughts and opinions on Patrick Dow. And I think round two was the Patrick Dow we'll see a lot of this year. Um, and the Paddy Dow of round one won't necessarily rear his head too many more times throughout worth the season. Noting that, worth noting that the points difference between round two and round one Paddy Dow was like seven points. So if that's his ceiling is round one, then yeah, I think we're happy to miss. Joe Danaher is another guy that uh, is in quite a lot of teams, 40, 39% 40% of, teams. of teams. Is he someone that... We should be stressing about and looking to downgrade to a rookie if you don't have one of these hot, hot selections. Yes. I mean I the job, sec- the job security is there, but the scoring, but the scoring isn't. Yeah, how much is job security worth to us? Is it worth a hundred grand downgrade to a a Warner plus the however much money Warner makes this week? This week, how do we value job security at this point? Because we've seen Do- Joe Danaher who has good job security. We've seen Paddy Dow who has semi decent job security, and they just haven't lit the world on fire. The thing that worries me the most is that we haven't seen any rookies or any teams lineups really change all that dramatically from a super coach point of view. So most people would have had most of their team playing this week as well. It's probably this coming week where the job securities of the likes of your Harry Sharps really gets tested because he wasn't very good against Geelong. He did have to play a different role to what he played in round one, but this is someone who's still completing year 12 for some reason. So who knows how that's going to work out with the Brisbane hotspot now in lockdown and and the AFL currently trying to work that out. Yeah, I think he's one to watch. Uh, when do Brisbane play this week? Thursday night. Oh, so we'll know early. We'll know early if he's a corrective trade or not. And uh, maybe being locked in Melbourne's good for him. He's with the team. Maybe they can't get some of their, their extended list down and maybe he's just guaranteed a game because of that the only thing is the thursday night game is scheduled to be at the gabba so there's every chance that it either gets moved or postponed that's right that's I mean, a good call that, that, this will all be out of date by the time this podcast episode goes up anyway so <laughs> yeah. yeah so we don't know what's happening there we can move on underperforming premiums yes we're two rounds in mm, well i mean that's that's the other aspect of if you downgrade a joe danaher or a jai caldwell you get 150k to to play around with the speculative traders for 
Paddy Cripps when you trade him up to a Bontempelli and then forget to reverse it before lockout? Well, there's a couple of names I've wanted to throw at you boys. Patrick Cripps is probably the top of that list. Tim Taranto is another name I have on that list. These pseudo primos. Zach Merritt, slight concerns there after the first two rounds. Slight concerns for me. Hasn't lit the world on fire. And uh, there was one other name that I uh, had, but uh, Jordan Degoe. Jordan Degoe, owners who started him. Uh, do they need to be concerned? Scored 99, but scored about 90 of those in the first quarter and a half. Well, Collingwood don't really have a forward line when Jordan Degoe's not down there. So he, even though Buckley is... Uh, adamant that he needs to play in the midfield, he also needs to play in the forward line. And so the split might um, affect his scoring some weeks, but I wouldn't have considered him a primo in the first place. Um, Tim Taranto, I can't stand Leon Cameron, so I would get any GWS player apart from Matthew Flynn out of your side right now. And so, sorry, I'm jumping around here. I'm jumping around here, but you've, you've, Flagged a, a thought here. Last game of the round, the teams came out on, on Saturday for the GWS game. Tom Green wasn't named. Similar thing happened on Saturday where Dyson Heppel was a laid out. If you're owning these mid-prices like these two guys, is it time to pull the pin and just go straight guns and rookies? Are we we can't trust Leon Cameron, particularly in the Tom Green situation. Patch, do we we've got to I mean we've yeah, got to get rid got, of him. You've got to. It's yeah, not not against Green, it's not against the research you've done because he's just the best, you know, contested ball winner under the age of twenty one in the competition and the Giants lost the contested I'm granting about why Tom Green should be in the side as opposed to thinking about what we should be doing with him. Yes, trade him, not because he's bad, because Leon Cameron is the worst and we hate him from a supercoach perspective and potentially from just a football perspective. But I, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life and what to think about specific AFL coaches. But yeah, I, I think him and Heppel under an injury cloud, which, you know, we kind of knew going in that he's he's not had a good run with injury the last couple of years. I think you just want you, you to, you don't want these guys to be not playing when you forked out 300 grand for them. Like just you kind of got to assess it and say, yeah, let's, let's, it hasn't worked. It was worth a punt, but let's, let's move on and, and do something more solid. Do we need to have a minute silence for the Phantom who, who wanted to start Alex Witherden and Tom Green? Yep. Moment of silence. Go the baggers. All right. Let's talk about premiums. Let's keep this premium discussion going because there's a big name. There's a big there fish. A big and I can't believe we've gone come this far without mentioning him. He's got a break even of 271. He cost you $721,000. Those numbers match up somehow. And that might be a thing. I'll address that later. Lockie Neal, mm-hmm. what do we do? Get really stressed. Pour a big old glass of rosé. Have a bit of a cry. Um, I don't know. I I don't know what to do with Lockie Neal. Um, like he's he's still good at football, but I haven't watched either Brisbane game this year. Have either of you watched it? Like what what is happening with him? I mean, he's getting paid some attention to him. He did on the weekend add about seventy thousand points of his seventy five points in you know in one quarter. So 
he's still and he actually did that in round one as well. He's still capable and in the preseason, he's still capable of adding points in a hurry. The issue is, you know, break in with two seventy one, projected to drop seventy six K. I actually think he'll drop more than that because I think they're being generous with his projected score. What I will say about this is if you you do have him, you you gotta kind of I think you gotta back him in. If you don't have any other issues in your team, though, he plays on in theory on Thursday. So if that game is postponed or whatever, it doesn't happen or isn't going to happen, I think we trade him. If he's going to play and Thursday game is going to happen, I think the gut is to hold him. But Patch, as you said before, this is your chance, your free chance to change, to undo your decisions. This is your one round where you can kind of get away with trading a guy like Lockie Neal out. Yeah, and the other the other aspect to it is that you've said he's going to lose 70K and next week he'll lose another 60K. We've just spent, you know, 20 minutes talking about the fact that cash is king. That's a lot of money you could spend on a lot of other things. Like, it's very tempting and the, the conservative play is to hold, but I kind of want to be bold. Damo, is this a, an opportunity to trade Neil out with the aim to be trading him back in in three or four rounds where he's going to be, if this trend continues, you know, uh, 200K cheaper, 150K cheaper. Is this the shark move where you play the market? He's at peak value right now. He's only going to go down, trade him, bring him back in at a cheaper price. For those who didn't start him, they're probably licking their lips right now waiting for upgrade season to begin. Um, but for those who did start him, uh you got to stick with him. I mean, you pick these primos because they're going to score the best week in, week out. We haven't seen the best from Lockie Neal yet, but it's difficult because you want him to be scoring that 130 each week that you forked out for, but you can't go around tra- tra- uh, trading your premiums in, in and out when you've only got 30 trades to work with because when you think about it, you've got to spend two trades to upgrade each year rookies and and you want to get your rookies off your field first and at the end of the day if Lockie Neal becomes your biggest issue then maybe you can make that a luxury trade later down the track and obviously he won't be worth as much and you couldn't trade him to as much as you can now but it's not an issue that people need to address at this stage to play devil's avocado but I wanna. I really want it. I I I, I, I want to trade him, Damo. There's no. Well, lo- let's let's look at Max Gorn. He's got a break even of two hundred and ten. He's going to lose thirty or forty k this week. No one's demanding that we trade him. So why wouldn't you apply the same logic and hold Lockie Neal? Because that would require consistency in my thought process, and that's something I do not have as an irrational fan of Australian <laughs> rules football. Max Gorn has also actually scored this season, which that, that's also uh, is something true. Lockie Neal hasn't done. That's true, um, which is, again, the logical answer, which I don't have. So, I don't know. Yeah, the, Look, the smart the smart play is to hold him. The smart play is to hold him. And I think the same applies to, to Patrick Cripps because, you know, he, he's still he's still value. You know, he hasn't scored all that well, but... Unless there's an injury that we're not aware of, like I, I think the right call would be to hold Crips as well. Yeah, well, I don't, still don't trust his shoulder because anyway, whatever. That's just me being pedantic. I'd be more inclined to try trade Lockie Neal than Paddy Crips. Paddy Crips is underpriced 
theoretically on his output at the start of the season, whereas Lockie Neal appears to be overpriced on his output. I'd be more inclined to trade him than Cripps. The benefit of those two players is they're both in so many teams. If you've got other problems to sort out, you can do that and everyone else is pretty much going to have those same problems. The only I imagine the only people looking to trade these guys out of their team are the guys, the coaches, not necessarily guys, but the coaches who are sort of at the top of the table rank-wise at the moment. They're probably the ones who everything's gone right, where they've got the luxury to trade them. I think you're right. I think fundamentally you probably hold both of those guys if you are carrying a primo pod that's struggling, if you went a Riley O'Brien over a Brody Grundy, if you went an Andrew Gaff over a Lockie Neal or a Clayton Oliver, I think they're the guys you're going to want to fix. The pods that you backed in that aren't working, Nick Haynes is another one that if you've gone out on a limb and it's backfired, they're the ones that I'm probably looking to fix before I fix uh, Lockie Neal or Paddy Cripps. I think... I think you're falling away from the pack if you've got a pod that's not scoring. You're falling away the pack if you're missing one of these gun rookies you need to generate cash. You're not really falling away from the pack if you hold Lockie Neal or, or Paddy Cripps because they're in a heap of teams. I don't know if you agree, Damo, but I don't even know if what I'm saying makes sense. Sometimes the biggest point of difference can be to trade someone who is in a high percentage of teams, but sometimes... There's also the other point of difference where you t- bring in someone who's in a high percentage of teams to sort of realign your team a little bit. And so it's sort of with Lockie Neal, there's that fine line between whether do you want the points or do you want to go with the crowd and sort of ride it together? And I don't think what I'm saying is making sense either. <laughs> well, it's a very difficult subject. It is. It's- if, especially when you then start applying it to a Tim Taranto who was always pushing the verge of being that top you know, top eight, top 10 midfielder. We know Neil and Cripps have the capability to do that. Taranto is still a bit of an unknown. A lot of people would have gone row to Taranto last week and have now kind of, you know, they'll wake up tomorrow morning or, or wake up this week and kind of just look at that number that he scored this week, the 40-odd, 50-odd, what was it? Um, not a lot. And they'll just be staring at it all week. And I can understand why you'd want to just, just yeet him out of your team. To, uh, to adopt the, the lingo of the youth. Um. <laughs> and the annoying thing about Cripper and Neil, so obviously they're underscoring, but Paddy Cripps still, and it's a shit score, but 82 and 88 from his first two games, it's like not quite shit enough for it to be 100% clear cut what you should do with him. Lucky nearly scored 75, which is awful, but he did score 70 of those points or whatever it was, or 55 of those points in a single quarter. So you can see the upside. If you've got a guy like Taranto who's who struggled this week, he was okay last week, wasn't he, Damo? 107 last week. Yeah, so he's a guy that I wouldn't feel terrible about having on my team unless I, of course, traded him in for real. Uh, my, my panic's more that these guys who are really going to lose cash and... Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I think rookies, number one, are what you need to fix, community. Number two is pods, who are, you know, Riley O'Brien, essentially, and Andrew Gaff. If you own those two players, you need to get rid of them. You need to flip them to someone else. Lockie Neal and Paddy Cripps, I think you just wait and see how the teams come out. And then if you still feel bad at 3.15 on Sunday before the Blues play Fremantle, that's when you pull the pin on the Cripps. If you still feel angry then. But I think we're going to have plenty of carnage come up before then. 
Agreed. Damo, just a couple of points I want to touch on first. Someone who wasn't at on my radar at all is this Steve. Is it Stephen Giro? Stefan Giro, yep. Stefan Giro. Is this a, a legitimate rookie option? What What's the story here? So he hasn't played for 18 months because he did his ACL. He returned to full fitness last season, but obviously with the COVID restrictions, didn't get a good run at any sort of uh, reserves match to get his fitness up to the AFL standard. Um, scored 63 in a full game today. Activated as the sub last week and scored a 27. Uh, so he's going to be someone who averages about 60 when he plays a full game. I don't think he's in the best 22. And I feel like this week was just because he couldn't be the sub, the medical sub two weeks in, in a row for fitness purposes. Um, he, I don't think he's a must-have. So this is a guy we probably can avoid. I actually didn't realize how long he'd been in the uh, system for. He's uh, been around since 2018. Yeah, he's been around for a while. He played a few games in his first season, uh, and then he did his ACL in a in a waffle game and then had to sit out for 18 months because of the COVID restrictions and the recovery associated with that. Cool. So just someone, I, I saw a few people asking about him and looking to trade him, and I think he's probably not at the top of our, our trade-in list. Patch, I believe you have some grievances to air. Yes, yes. I've, I've come down from the Taylor Walker high, and um, yeah, watching the Frio game, the Frio Giants game today, was very annoyed and had a few other people mention it during the week. But um, just, just a general at to defenders, step outside the square. Like, just, just please, God, step outside the square. It's free real estate. Like, there's literally no reason why you shouldn't be playing on. And even if you're, like, playing on and kicking it into the pocket, like, step step out, like, please, God, I need this. I, I can't be watching Luke Ryan take four kickouts and not leave the square for them. Like, you've got, ah, oh, guys, guys. How many, how many points do you get for a long, effective kick? Like, six or seven points? Something Hayden like Young that. took two kickouts in the last quarter did not step outside the square. So didn't get 12 points for, for these kicks. And he finished on 61. If he had added those 12, those 12 points, he would have been on 73 and I wouldn't be sad about having him in my team. Like it's just, it's a no brainer and stop it. Just the AFL has made it as easy as possible to play on. And any defender who isn't stepping out of the square should be shot. Maybe with a, maybe with a warty gun, maybe with something non-lethal, maybe a tranquilizer dart, and you drag them off and shout at them later. I don't, but shot in some way, shape, or form, it's just not good enough. And if you want to be a, a defender, like taking kickouts in the AFL, you've just got to nail the basics, and that's been rants with patch. Well, I would like to just throw out some shade as well, Caleb Daniel. You've had 26 touches, you've kicked a goal, and you've only pumped out 66 points. Is that helmet blocking your peripheral vision? Stop turning it over directly in front of goal and stop getting caught in a tackle. Just, you're the most elite kick of the competition and you've absolutely destroyed the Twitter account Caleb Daniels kicks this week. You've ruined it for everyone. Please be better. It's my second favorite Twitter account, that account. Like, you just cut, like, it's, ah. Oh, What's your first thing. favorite? Days um, since and won a final? Shut up, Black Dog. Shut up. Boom roasted. Shut, shut, 
shut your damn hole. No, it is the handy point bot that comes on whenever there's like a the margin goes either to five points or seven points. Which That's is like awesome. the, the bot that tells you when you're gonna avoid a draw. I love it. So good. That is a very handy point. It is. It is. All right, Damo, what are your grievances? Just quickly before we wrap up. The premiums that just stop scoring randomly. Oh, last are you week, adding Stephen Cornelio again. <laughs> last week, Jack Steele was on like 80 points at halftime and then only added 11 after it. And then this week, you had similar things from other primos. And then you had other, like, it's just. It makes me angry that I can't recall names and scores and anything. The one that sticks out to me is Jack Steele and Stephen Caniglio is a serial is is a serial pest at this. And Stephen Caniglio is like a wind up toy. You wind him up and then he just stops. And then at quarter time, someone's good to go out there and wind him again. I mean, it's obvious that the people at Jerry West just aren't good at winding. They're just terrible at it. Just, just like we're terrible at winding up this podcast, we are, we are. which I'm doing now. Demo the jock mailbag. Tell people about it. So this week we've got Ben from Supercoach Insider joining us. He's going to be answering questions with us as we look at potential trades or any other questions that you have. So jockmailbag at gmail.com if you want to get some questions in. We've also got a tweet coming out that you can reply to. Um Clarky is also there. He's surprisingly knowledgeable, and I say surprisingly <laughs> because because he's he's only been playing the game for for three years, but he's picked up the game very quickly, and we'll, and and we love him here. And you and him are a very good tag team. I've I've been thoroughly enjoying the pod. Oh yeah, we bounce off we bounce off each other quite well. And Patch, anything for you to flag? Anything for you to shout out? Um. No, I'd like to shout out to the Tex Walkers and Jack Bowers of the world who are just putting their hands up and saying, we exist. Please remember that we exist. And for this brief window in time, we do. So shout out to them. Just good on you, Jack Bowes. Well done. And shout out to you, community, for listening as always. If you want to leave a rating or comment or a reply, do it underneath. We love you. You're beautiful. Good night, Australia. <laughs> it just felt right. It, I mean, if it if it feels right, you just got to do it. <laughs>